I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, two hours down, three to go. We're kind of at halftime. Standard time's going to screw everything up. We'll get that uh, straightened out along the way. Right now, we have important business as Kyle Quinn takes over. Behind the glass, great job by Anthony Foley. Welcome, Kyle. We'd like to bring a guy to the mic now who, I'm not sure he knows what this is or anything, uh, Kyle, but it's the 12th anniversary of the Phillies' 2008 parade. He was a member of the 2008 Phillies. He only won 269 Major League Baseball games, which is 269 more than I won. Only. Only. He was drafted in the same draft by the Chicago Cubs as Greg Maddox. Back in the 80s, he pitched till he was 50 years old. He's a great guy, and we're chatting with him about uh, baseball and many other things. Mr. Jamie Moyer, how are you, buddy? Oh, great. How are you, Paul? Doing well, Jamie. Thank you. Uh, 12 years since the parade date. Does it seem like yesterday? It does. It does. Um, you know, that whole, uh, you know, the, uh, the playoffs, the World Series, the parade, uh, the weather, the fans, the atmosphere, it all seems like it was yesterday. Is it one of those Fred Shiro said about the Flyers, win one today and walk together forever? Now, I know you're in San Diego. Obviously, people are all over the place. But do you feel like you'll have reunions down the road and visit with those people, visit with the fans of Philadelphia? Do you get the feeling that you are walking together forever with the 2008 Phils? Uh, definitely. Um, you know, we had a, a reunion, a 10 year reunion two years ago. And, uh, you know, most of, you know, players were there except for a few that were still playing. And, uh, it was a great weekend. Um, the Phillies know how to do things right. Um, the fans were in a celebratory mood. Um, and, you know, just getting back together with, uh, whether it be front office staff, um, teammates, families. Um, it was just a, a, a great way to continue to share. Um, you know, looks got a little different with players, <laughs> including myself. But you know, a couple couple pounds were put on, and a couple gray hairs were Happens accumulated. Happens to us all, James. Yep. Huh? Happens to us all. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yep. But uh, you know, we had a, a great weekend. 
the group had a great week, weekend, and it was always great to get back to Citizens Bank Park and, uh, you know, be a part of uh, that team, the 2000, well, not the 2010 team, but, you know, 10 years beyond. Um, and just, uh, you know, share uh, memories, uh, a lot of laughs, and uh, it was just a lot of fun. Jamie, I don't know how big a Meatloaf fan you are or aren't, but Meatloaf has one of the great lines in the history of music. It was long ago, and it was far away, and it was so much better than it is today. Phillies have been without the playoffs for nine years now. John Middleton has kind of reversed course in the last year, talking about spending funny money to all this doom and gloom about we can't hire a GM, although the Sixers have hired people like COVID's going to prevent hiring a guy somehow. Andy McPhail, the lame dunk president, talked about this. May not sign JT Riomuto. Um, have you? I mean, from afar, do you notice a doom and gloom associated with the Phillies that obviously wasn't there in your day? Well, I, I don't follow. I, unfortunately, I can't follow the Phillies like you know the fans do. I mean, it, you know, I'm not up to date on all of that. Um, but you know, it, it, look, baseball. In my opinion, baseball is a cyclical thing with with organizations. And, you know, you look back over the years of teams that have gone through cycles, you know, they go through that high, that, that high ride of that cycle. And then some cycle down, maybe the cycle down is not as deep. Some cycle way down and get real deep, you know, and they have to rebuild and start all over, you know, each cycle for, I think each organization is different. And some of that depends on whether it's the ownership, whether it's the front office, or whether it's the personnel that they have in an organization, as far and when I say personnel, I'm talking about you know the the depth of the minor league system. How quickly can they rebuild, and are they rebuilding from within the organization? Are they using the minor leagues to go out and continue to get uh, free agents? You know, I know when I was in Seattle at a point, you know, we we got rid of some players in the minor leagues that were prospects to get players. Yep. Um, so I, I think there's. There's not a right way and there's not a wrong way, but I think, you know, organizations, what they do is they, they sit down and they try to put themselves in a think tank and they try to figure out what is the best way to get back. And I, you know, I, I, I'm, I've never sat in a meeting with uh, Mr. Middleton or the front office, but, you know, I don't think they're sitting in a meeting saying, well, you know, let's just flounder for a couple of years. (laughs) Right, because that's not how you run a business. That's not what you do. And you know, when you are at that peak, you don't want it to ever go away. That's but again, sure. I, I'll refer back to Seattle because I was there. You know, when we had some playoff years, and you know, then uh, within a couple of years, we started to get old as a team. You know, age started to catch up to guys. Injuries started to catch up to guys, and it passed the team by. And, and, you know, now you're saying, well, geez, we've got, and you've seen this with other organizations. Well, we've got players, we've got payroll and how do we get rid of it? And it's hard to get rid of. And I'm not saying the Phillies are in that. I don't think the Phillies are in that type of a situation, but again, it's hard to navigate and it's hard to say, you know, who do we keep? How long do we keep them? Um, you know, we shouldn't have got, we shouldn't have re-signed them. We should have re-signed them. You know, we're willing to pay, you know, I mean, there's, there's so many different variables that come into this decision-making 
And I know it's probably a lot easier, you know, doing well, your job's not easy, but from a fan standpoint too, it's really easy to sit at home and say, well, they should be doing this. They should be doing that. Yep. You know, we don't, we don't know all the circumstances behind their decision-making. And before we get to the Phillies, Jamie, let's take a look at the macro picture of baseball. I'm, a lot of people are bummed out by the direction baseball is going, much less the Phillies or anywhere else. I know that folks, when game six of the World Series the other night against Tampa Bay, who Jamie is obviously familiar having played, I texted Jamie within 30 seconds of Kevin Cash taking out Blake Snell, who I consider the, he's the best manager in baseball, but he made one of the worst mistakes I've ever seen. And if he does that under pressure, I worry about him. Jamie, starting pitching these days is becoming, I know the Nationals won with it last year, but if you go five innings, you're like Bob Feller all of a sudden. What's going on with the analytics, with the starting pitching, with the bullpens? And where does that move by Kevin Cash rate among the worst you've ever seen? Yeah, I, I wasn't real fond of it, and I think a lot of other people weren't real fond of it. Um, but again, he made a decision um, in, in a situation that he had to, you know, he felt he had to make a decision. And I don't know, um, you know, if he really thought through it, if it really was his decision, you know, and you look at, uh, you know, and I'm not trying to, you know, evade your answer here at all, but you look at the Dodgers when they took out Clayton Kershaw, but they, um, you know, in his last start, but previous, you know, as the game started, what they had mentioned on TV, he was going to face 21 hitters. Yep. And when he got to that 21 hitter point, they just took him out of the game. But Jamie, now, when what... you do something like that, when you plan beforehand that you're going to do something at a certain time, and to me, you're, you're, you're neglecting your duty. I don't care what you're doing in life. When you make a decision in advance and not in the moment by what you're watching, right? That that to me is as good as big a sin as you can commit as a sports yeah. person. And, and I agree with you, Paul. In the game of baseball, you know, the, the game is managed. Or, you know, in my history of, of being around managers, it was it was more of a feel, um, a feel of what you're actually seeing on the field, or a feel from a visit to the mound, or a feel when a pitcher comes off the field, a starting pitcher comes off the field. It's that conversation that happens in the dugout or, like I said, at a mound visit or if a pitching coach is talking to the, to the pitcher between innings on the bench and he may go back to the, to the manager. And, you know, and I've, I've seen it happen and I've had it happen to myself. And you may have a conversation with a pitching coach and by the time the pitching coach walks to the end of the dugout, they're on the phone, they're getting somebody up, and now they have three outs, you know, in the course of, a, of an inning to make a decision or they might say, Hey, you're going to go back out there, but you know, we're going to have somebody up right behind you and ready to go. So again, to me, that becomes a communication thing between and, and a trust thing between a manager, a pitching coach and the pitcher that's in the game. And look in, in, in what I'm from what, again, from what I'm seeing from afar in today's game, the pitcher, unless it's uh, an established pitcher, a starting pitcher probably doesn't have much say. And that's unfortunate because, again, I think the game of baseball is all about communication well, and getting, getting the most out of your, your, your athletes. But if you're training your, your starting pitchers to throw 100 pitches, okay, and that's what I believe they are doing now. Again, I'm, I'm not around the game on a daily basis. But if you watch enough baseball, you see it that 90 to 100 to 105 pitch mark, 
starting pitchers are being pulled from a game. So that leads me to believe they're being trained to pitch to that 100-pitch point. Now, every now and then, if something special is happening, yeah, where there's maybe no duress or no stress in an outing, they may let a guy go to 110, 115 pitches. But if there's any duress or stress, or if they're getting to the third time around in order, yep. they say, oh, you're done. Well, then, you know, a couple days later or on, a, say, your talk show or whatever it might be, you know, the conversation comes up, well, you know, guys don't know how to pitch to the third time around in order. Well, they don't know how to pitch to the third time around the order because they don't have any experience with it at the minor league level, first and foremost. But then there's no guidance, there's no help, and there's no experience of doing that at the major league level. So, you, you know, you, you almost can't fault the pitcher because he hasn't had the repetition, the, the, whether it's a positive or negative experience, to learn how to deal with that. It's interesting, Jamie, that you mentioned that because I'd like you to take yourself in the mind uh, of the fan who I'm sure is curious about this. You've pitched a lot of Major League Baseball games, and I'm sure this happened many more times than once. But what's it like when you're dealing out there, when you're throwing Blake Snell, throwing 73 pitches, nowhere near the pitch count? Obviously, third time around the lineup, he was filthy. The Dodgers couldn't believe he got right. taken out. And it, w- and it wasn't like he was going to make another start. No, it was, this is the last this start is of it. his season. So when you're out there, whether it's game six of the World Series or not, and then the manager comes out and you're thinking, is he going to take me out? What are you, what are you kidding me? How, what, what did you think the time or two that you were taken out that you just couldn't believe you were taken out, you knew you were fine, you knew you had a lot more in you? When you're walking off the mound, what are you thinking that you can say on the radio? Well, I, you know what? I, first of all, you know, I wouldn't be happy with that situation, but I surely was, wouldn't. My goal would be, all right, I'm not, I, regardless of how angry or upset I was, I don't want to show up my manager, first and foremost. Now, there's a time, for me, you know, the pitching coach may come over and have a discussion, great. Well, if it's still bothering me and eating at me, I'm probably not going to talk to my manager that night unless he approaches me. But I, if, I may sleep on it try to you know, think my way through it, relax, and try not to be in a situation where I may say something or react in a way that may affect me in a negative way. But if it's still bothering me the next day, I may come in and go, you know, knock on the manager's door and say, hey, is there a time we could talk today, you know, before the game, this afternoon, or after the game, or if we're happy to travel? You know, I've, I've, I've had those uh, opportunities where, Something you know didn't it didn't feel right for me, and I gave the manager an opportunity to say, "Yeah, sure, let's talk, whether it's now or later on." But be able to sit down and then share my feelings, my thoughts, my emotions, but then become a listener, and then listen to the rationale, and you know, and then I'd have to sort it out. Was this a bunch of BS that they're telling me just to you know to to move on, or? You know, they had, you know, good rationale why they made their decision. But to me, you develop, whether you liked it or not, you're developing a rapport and a respect and a trust in your manager. And he probably would be feeling the same way towards me as a pitcher. And now we move forward with it and we don't let it uh, smolder. And maybe it happens one or two more times. And then all of a sudden I blow up with it because it's continuing to happen, and then you know they didn't realize they had a problem. 
right? So I'm, I'm here to contribute. That's first and foremost. I want to contribute in the best way possible. Well, right now the Phillies may have a problem, Jamie. I mean, their pitching coach isn't coming back, Brian Price. Their bullpen coach has been let go. Obviously, COVID-2020 has pushed a lot of things to a lot of places. But the one thing that Philly fans are looking at is JT Realmuto, the best offensive catcher in baseball, the best defensive catcher in baseball. But I think it's lost on a lot of people, including myself, because I obviously never pitched in the major leagues, about the, the, the feel you have for throwing to a catcher. A lot of guys had a great feel for throwing to Chooch. He'd call yep. what you want. You wouldn't yep. shake him off out to get you into a rhythm. What's it like? Because if they lose Real Muto, I mean, obviously Andrew Knapp is not really a starting catcher in the major leagues at this level. But defensively, it's not just about throwing guys out at second, but the rhythm a catcher and the confidence a catcher can give you. Did you ever lose a catcher like that in the middle of your career and, and say, why did they do that? And, and how big a blow do you think it would be to the Phillies pitchers to lose Real Muto for that reason? Well, I mean, think about, you know, I don't know what, you know, the Phillies' plans are for next year or down the road in the future uh, as far as their pitching. You know, obviously, you know, everybody knows or, you know, Philly fans realize that, you know, part of their demise this year was their bullpen. And, you know, they they did make some sort of an effort at the end of the season with what was available out on the market to try to fill some of those voids uh, in in the last couple weeks or month of the push. And, you know, that obviously continued to fall short. So obviously I'm sure, you know, the front office and Mr. Middleton are probably trying to figure out how can we, uh, you know, plug some of these holes in our bullpen. So you're not going to have as many guys possibly that are going to be missing JT as, as a catcher, but you are, you know, your main guys, your starting pitchers, and I'm not sure how many of those guys will be coming back. I'm sure there's probably at least two or three of them. Um, so, you know, Next year, whoever that catcher is, if it's JT, he's going to have to basically learn a new staff. Um, and if it's a brand new catcher, well, then he's going to have to learn a whole new staff. So, yep. but yeah, that that person is important. But you know, anybody worth their salt is going to, you know, uh, a new catcher coming in that has experience is going to figure it out pretty quick, and he's going to make that effort to uh, meld together with his starting pitchers, uh, with his relief pitchers, um, and hopefully with a, with, you know, with a, a pitching coach and a bullpen coach. And, you know, it takes up a, 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 a lot of people. And, look, Joe Girardi being the manager, uh, you know, there's a guy that's put a few hours and a few, a few innings in behind the plate. So you have yep. the guidance of Joe as well as well as their catching coach, whoever, you know, whoever that's going to be. So, you know, it, it, it takes, you know, a lot of people to create that environment, but I think it's creating a healthy environment for people to have success in. And I think that's the most important thing is how do you create that environment? And, you know, whether it's a, you know, whether it's a new catcher and maybe he's a young guy, maybe it's a, a, a seasoned guy that they bring in for a year to, you know, kind of a stopgap guy, or if it's a veteran that they bring in for two, three, four, five years, you know, regardless of what it is, they're going to have to try to figure out how to create, recreate that environment. Jamie, one great thing about this city that's so great for everybody, no matter what sport they play or whether they play the sport or not, is you can leave Philly, but Philly really doesn't leave you in so many cases. And obviously you played baseball, but you come from Southerton. 
Uh, the Cowboys come in tomorrow night. The Eagles are having a rough year, but have a shot to win the NFC East. First of all, are you following football? Are you following the Eagles? And if you are, what does it mean when the Dallas Cowboys come in to play the Philadelphia Eagles, <laughs> even though you're in San Diego? Yeah, I, I'm going to answer that one backwards. I know I was, as a kid, you know, I enjoyed the Cowboys. You know, I enjoyed Roger Staubach and Tom Landry and Chuck Halley and Jethro Pugh and Bullet Bob Hayes and, you know, Lance Renfro. I mean, I, you know, Walt Garrison, you know, they, they were really good football team, but I did have the opportunity uh, on one occasion to go to a, a Cowboys Eagles game and it was crazy. And this was at the vet, of course. Yep. But uh, it was crazy, and I'm sure, you know, they're limiting fans. I'm sure it'll be crazy, um, but I'm sure, you know, a lot of a lot of fans will be watching on TV. You know, that, that Cowboys-Eagles rivalry I don't think will ever, ever go away. Um, but, you know, it's it's tough. You know, I mean, it, it's we're in a, a totally different environment right now, as you mentioned previously about covid and, you know, you got protocols to deal with, you've got testing, um, you know, it's, it's a tough environment, but, you know, regardless of what environment it is, you have to go out and play and you have to go out and play as a team. And, you know, the Eagles probably didn't get off to the start that they wanted. Um, but, you know, every, the way I look at it, you know, I never played at, you know, professional level in, in the NFL, but each week's a new week and, you know, you've got to win or lose. You know, if you win, great. You have momentum. If you lose, you've got to figure out how to create momentum yep. and and create that mindset that hey, we've got a chance to win. And as you said, you know, they've got a chance to. You know, it seems like the you know their division this year is a little soft. <laughs> a and, little soft. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be polite. And Manute Paul's uh, a little bit taller than most people. Yep. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they have a chance. And look, as long as you have a chance you can create or determine where you're going to go. So, you know, to me, I wish them nothing but luck and, you know, go Eagles go, right? Fly Eagles fly. Fly Eagles fly. You got it, buddy. You never forget. (laughs) Jamie, I always love having you on. You talk so uh, eloquently about so many different things. I'd like to get to a couple other things. We only have time. Just if, if, if you could give me a quick answer, like a minute or so. I thought there was a situation the other night that I'd love a player's perspective from. Justin Turner tested positive for COVID. Somehow he found out in the middle of the game, game six of the World Series, obviously a defining moment in his life. But still, he tested positive for COVID, and he came back out afterwards against the wishes of security and the like. He was he was maskless, hugging other people. To me, he should be suspended for a, a significant amount of time. You cannot do that. I understand that I feel horrible for him and what he had to go through, but you just cannot thumb your nose at society and say, screw everything else. I'm going to get people sick and do that. I'm not sure what your point of view was because we didn't talk about this at all, but what's your thought on this? That's a tough one. Um, You know, I mean, I only know what's out out there publicly. Um, Look, you know, it's a tough, because if you go back, you know, three hours into that day, four hours, five hours into that day, he was a he didn't know he was a positive, but he was a positive, sure. right? They let him they let him play. He was around his teammates. Yep. So he you know he could have infected somebody at that point. You know who knows? Um, I'm sure they did further testing afterwards. But yeah, he did come out on the field against the wishes of Major League Baseball. Um, you know, I heard one 
uh, you know, viewpoint that, you know, he had a mask on. Then I heard another viewpoint that he didn't have a mask on at times. You know, now families were out on the field, but, you know, they were around the players, too, that he was around during the course of the game. Yep. So it's really, you know, from what I know, it's a lot of he said, she said, they said, you said, I said kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And and how do you police that? I really wouldn't want to be having to make these decisions on how you deal with, you know, these types of situations. And it is a tough call. And you're right. You know, he was at the pinnacle of his career. Um, and he was a big part of that series. Sure. So how do you deter somebody from not going on the field? Because it was very, I'm sure, very emotional for him not to be there. And the emotion of winning and all that, he was not allowed to celebrate with his teammates. But then the other side of it is the health side of it, right? And look, athletes don't always think uh, to the best of their ability sometimes when when they're faced with decisions to make. So, you know, he might be looking at this as a one-time thing, and I'm not allowed to be a part of it. Yep. It's un- it's sad and unfortunate, but the other part is, you know, it's the health. And, you know, I mean, and look, there's so many, there's so much information out there about COVID that, you know, you shouldn't be around people. You can't, you, you, you can't, well, you, you can uh, spread but, it. But he was with the families. It's not about the players because he was with them. The whole right. day, but the, these right. families and the kids, right. that, that's the a new players, batch of people. At some point, the players are with their families as well who were with him during the day. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's really, I don't, I really, I don't even know how to answer that, Paul. I really don't because there's so many things that you could point at where somebody else could have infected their family or their children yep. or he could have. I mean, it's just, it's really, I don't know if there's a right answer. I really don't. But, you know, if, if Major League Baseball made an example of him, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, as you're talking, you know, maybe there's a suspension. I don't know. Does he think that's worth it? I don't know. Does he think it's fair? Probably not. You know, so I, that's, that's a really, really touchy uh, area. And, you know, it's a, it's a very difficult decision. It sure is, Jamie, and, uh, but I love when, when we chat with you. You always bring every point to the table, every point of view, every side, and we get to see all of them. Uh, I love talking to you. Let's do it again sometime soon. All right. Phillies will roll through free agency, hopefully not lose too much and get a little bit. Thanks, buddy. Join us again yep. sometime soon. All right. Just give me a call. Thank you very much. Jamie Moyer from San Diego, California. By the way, Kyle Quinn, Jamie's son, Dylan, Played in the uh, Rancho Cucamonga Class A Dodgers Farm Club. Cody Bellinger was his roommate. He had like five guys who were texting for a long time during the game. Every player was his roommate at some point. Wow. D- Dylan Moyer, I-, I wish he had made the major leagues. He'd be, uh, he could yeah. write a book just on Dodgers that were his roommates at Rancho Cucamonga. I think Justin Turner should be suspended for a, a while. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't do anything to the Astros, so what do you think they'll do? Uh... Well, I, Rob Manfred's not necessarily known as uh, – Rob Manfred and Roger Goodell could be, uh, you know, two of the three Stooges, but <laughs> this can be interesting to see where they go with this. And Turner's a free agent, too. Might have considered his last to Rob, but yeesh. All right, we'll come back and talk with you, 215-592-9494. Thank you to Jamie Moore. It's you and I till 2 o'clock. Then you get an extra treat. Tom Kelly and I – we're going to do the uh, second 2 o'clock hour or the second 1 o'clock hour together as we flip the clocks back to standard time. 
Talking about the Eagles and the Cowboys, let's continue talking about the Eagles and the Cowboys. We'll talk about Daryl Morey, but we can do that a lot next week when there's a bye week. Good hire for the for the Sixers. Somebody who didn't mind getting hired during COVID. Tell that to, to Andy McPhail and the Phillies who don't think they can bring anybody here. They brought Doc Rivers here. They brought Daryl Morey here. He's never won a championship, but he's a big upgrade. We'll talk about that. But we're talking about the cowboy, the one cowboy that you can't stand more than anybody else, the poster child for your cowboy hatred. Who is it? The time that you figured, I hate the Cowboys. What was that? Was it a game? Was it a moment? And Kyle Quinn, I'll ask you what we asked Anthony Foley. We're asking uh, our, our, our callers and listeners. If the Eagles could lose to the Cowboys twice but and, and, and make the playoffs, win the division, or beat the Cowboys twice and miss the playoffs, which would you be in favor of without knowing anything else? Um, it hurts to say, but I need the playoffs. Yeah, so do I. Simple as that. It would hurt, but some decisions hurt. All right, come on back. we got an open board. Let's fill them up. 215-592-9494. Thanks to Jamie Moyer. WIP Sports Time is 1227. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.